0: Hello, everyone. Alan Misher here from Vitality Explorers with another edition of the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. Please sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for a free text message newsletter about how to enhance your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. As always on the Vitality Explorer News Podcast, we're going to start off with a quote, and this one is from Lao Tzu. And that's L-A-O-T-Z-U. He's the founder of Taoism and here it is quote your own positive future begins in this moment your own positive future begins in this moment all right let's use that one as we explore three topics respecting your future self why zinc lozenges may be a vitality enhancer and how exercises reduces obesity risk via epigenetics so we've got some interesting kind of potpourri of vitality topics to talk about today Um, Please, if you are enjoying this, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please share this with your friends, families, neighbors, and colleagues to enhance their vitality. Our goal here with Vitality Explorer News is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. And you can find more details about the topics we're discussing on vitalityexplorers.substack.com, which is where all the written uh, references can be found as well. So let's start with this first one, which, which I call respecting your future self. And this is in the context of me playing around a little bit with some artificial intelligence. Now, We've heard a lot about artificial intelligence from a variety of different perspectives and how it may take over the world. But there's a couple things that have come up in the last year that are quite fascinating. And one of them uh, involves artificial intelligence creating images. And you can see some artificial intelligence created images on the Substack site with respect to this post. But there's a new one, a brand new one called ChatGTP, which is meant to be a conversational AI. And it was developed by OpenAI, uh, and that's one of Elon Musk's many companies. It's in the context of a lot of other people, obviously, but this chat GTP has kind of blown up here in the last few weeks as people were typing in questions. But I think I stumped it a little bit. Now, it's it's, it's, it's been developed to not return an answer if it doesn't think it can do that. Um, so here's the question that I asked uh, the chat gtp this week and that is what is the best way to respect your future self what is the best way to re- respect your future self now this is what came back quote an error occurred if the issue persists please contact us through our help center at at uh, help.openai.com. So the chatbot either rejected that question or, or honestly can't answer it in a meaningful way. And I think that's actually an interesting feature. So instead of coming up with some BS answer, it, it basically says we can't do that. But respecting your future self is, is I think, a very important component of being a vital person. We must be able to think beyond today and into the future if we're going to make the best decisions with our precious time. And that gets back to that quote that we started with. You know, your own positive future begins in this moment. Your own positive future begins in this moment. That's from Lao Tzu. And I think that's something that is connected to this concept of the future self. Um, You know, I I think sometimes we think, too far into the future, however, and this is, this is a, an important thing we're gonna discuss for the next few, few, few minutes. But humans are, are the best creatures on the planet, for better or for worse, for planning, okay? Remembering the past and planning into the future. We can go deep into our minds, we can contemplate the, the future, we can think about the past. This can open up uh, a door to our dreams, but also it invites the ugly um, component of worry. All right. So what I what I want us to think about today is to stop thinking about where we're going to be in five years and start writing and thinking about our headlines for tomorrow, next week, or next month. Because five years is really a brutally long time. Okay. Um, and let's just go over a few things. Did anyone see the pan- global pandemic occurring? You know, back in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Uh, did we realize that it would kill millions of people? I think there's a couple reasons why we should focus on shorter. Uh, time horizons. And we're going to go over a paper in just a few minutes or a couple papers in the, in the context of this uh, discussion. But in, in the, the idea is to respect our future self. And Elon Musk's chatbot can't help us with this. Therefore, we need to do it ourselves. So there's, here's the idea. And it's based on published peer-reviewed data. And that is that it suggests that we are happier. We are happier when we cl- are more closely connected to a version of ourselves in the future. Right, here's a quote from a paper that you, know, you can see the references again on the Vitality Explorer uh, Substack site. Quote, we should think more about whom we will be in the future because doing so has a profound con- set of consequences for our health, happiness, and financial security. Profound consequences for our health, happiness, and financial security. But how often do we consider our future selves? I think there's a spectrum about how we think about ourselves in the future. And there's a, some fascinating research, and it's uh, uh, put together by this guy named Hal Hirschfield. He's a UCLA professor who expanded on some of the ideas in the 18th century of a philosopher named Joseph Butler. And he thought we would make better decisions if we were more cl- closely connected to our future selves. And he used intersecting circles. So I, again, I encourage you to look on the Substack site to see these uh, have a little graphic of intersecting circle, circles where you take a circle of your current self and your future self. And the closer those are, or the more overlapping those are, is a measurement tool that he came up with. So instead of giving yourself one to seven or one to 10, uh, the idea is to pick how closely you can think of your future self. And they call these Hirschfield diagrams, or or pairs of circles representing your current and future self. Okay, so what Hirschfield did is research the connection with our future selves and found that that closer connection correlated with better financial planning Better fitness and better overall well-being. And he looked at a ten-year longitudinal data set um, of over five thousand people. That's pretty good, right? Ten years, over five thousand people, and he was estimating one, uh, the perception uh, one had of oneself, one's future self, and then predicted, pre- looked at predictions of overall life satisfaction. And here's a here's a primary conclusion from the paper. Quote controlling for initial life satisfaction greater perceived similarity to the future self is linearly associated with greater life satisfaction 10 years after the original prediction a finding that is robust to a number of alternative analyses okay this is sort of uh, research speak basically saying we looked at 5,000 people we looked at them over a 10-year period and the closer you are to thinking about your future self the better off you were all right other research you know, found that our future self becomes a little blurrier as we move past nine months into the future. And we're going to read a couple abstracts below in a couple seconds. But that means that we need to shorten our time frame by which we consider our future selves and aim at targets such as like a week or a month or maybe even three months. And here's the vitality assignment for this particular uh, topic of respecting your future self, which Elon Musk's chatbot couldn't help us with here. Okay, so think of Just really go into your mind, think of what you would like to be like in a week, a month, or a year. You know, close your eyes and visualize your future self a week out, a month out, um, or perhaps a year out, and then carry on a conversation with that future self. Stick to the shorter time frames of a week or a month to start. And here's the assignment. Take a three-by-five card and then write down two or three things you would like to be in a month or you would like to be in two months or three months. So you can be your own chatbot and answer the question for yourself of how you can best respect your future self. All right, I know this is a little meta, I know this is a little out there, um, but I want people to think about this because I think this is one of the core core components of of your vitality is being able to project into the future and think about how you want your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being to be. And when you know that, and when you write that down with with a pen and a piece of paper or a three-by-five card, that solidifies it in your brain in a different way than if you type it into into a computer program or just think about it. So think about it, write it down, and be specific and i I want to read the abstracts from these from these two papers that we're going over Um, um here it is when when individuals feel similar to their future self they are more likely to delay present gratification and make plans for the long run but do these feelings of similarity actually correspond with heightened well-being for future self theoretically making patient decisions in the present could lead to future self who is better off and thus more satisfied Alternatively, perceived overlap with the future self could cause people to continually deny themselves pleasures in the present, diminishing satisfaction over time. To adjudicate between these possibilities, we used a 10-year longitudinal data set, 4,963 people, almost 5,000, to estimate how one's thought about one's future self in the initial survey could predict life satisfaction 10 years later. Controlling, here's, here's the quote again, controlling for initial life satisfaction Greater perceived similarity to future self is linearly associated with greater life satisfaction 10 years after the original prediction, a finding that is robust to a number of alternative analysis. So that's pretty fascinating, right? So the second paper is this idea of temporal self-compression. Um, and so behavioral and neural evidence that past and future selves are compressed as they move away from the present. So what, what that really means is like the further we are away from our past or away from our future, the less likely we're going to be able to understand and be connected to that future or past self. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. So I, I again, maybe you've gone a little too far into the rabbit hole of thinking about your future self. I appreciate you listening to this if you are out there. Um, But I think it's an important concept to consider. Uh, I welcome your comments and suggestions about this. You can put them up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site or or post them uh, below from this podcast. And then we will move on to something that's a little more specific about the very short term, and that is our zinc lozenges a Vitality Enhancer. And again, you can sign up at VitalityExplorers.com for a text message reminder every Monday about these these uh, um, findings that we go over, or you can sign up to become a subscriber on vitalityexplorers.substack.com. Uh, please consider becoming a paid subscriber to help support this work. I love this, uh, what we're doing here, and it would be meaningful uh, to become a subscriber in one way, for, way, shape, or form. So um, this this idea is, again, maybe a little bit of respecting your future self, but because it is cold and flu season in the Northern Hemisphere here, I, I do not like getting a cold. I do not like getting the flu. Obviously, we've been through COVID, but during COVID, I really took a deep dive into trying to understand the idea of zinc lozenges to help prevent colds or upper respiratory infections or shorten them. Okay. And I think too often we consider about how to treat this particular problem as opposed to trying to avoid it or shortening it if we get there and this post is really just super laser focused on trying to understand if zinc can help shorten the symptoms of a cold or prevent it from occurring and here's the paper that we we go over with zinc quote zinc for the prevention and treat. Or treatment, zinc for the prevention or treatment of acute viral respiratory tract infections in adults, a rapid systematic review and meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials. So, as always on Vitality Explorer News, this is our disclaimer. Always check with your doctor prior to starting any medication or supplements. But here are the primary conclusions from the paper. Uh, quote: When used for treatment, zinc was found to shorten the duration of symptoms and reduce day three symptomatic severity but not overall daily symptom severity. All right, so what this paper looked at was 28 randomized controlled trials and 5,446 participants. And what they found is that, you know, specifically, there was clinically significant reductions in the symptoms you would have at day three. And there's a chart up here on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site you can look at. There was also symptoms resolved two days earlier uh, with either you know putting the zinc on your tongue or an, an intranasal spray compared to placebo, and then the overall average lowering of the days of symptoms was um, was also down. Uh, uh, but there were some non-serious side effects associated with using zinc that were higher in the zinc treated versus the placebo. Um, and again, you can look at the look at the details there. But here's sort of the overall analysis and recommendation. Uh, and again, check with your doctor prior to doing this because everybody's a little, little bit different. But I've been using zinc lozenges for many years. Um, if I ever get like even a little tickle in my throat, uh, if I go on a plane or I go traveling, or now if we're back into highly concentrated air environments, I will take a zinc lozinger, uh And especially if I feel like I have any sort of sore throat or anything like that, um, or changes. I, the earliest signs I know notice if I'm going to feel like I'm going to get a cold or something is little changes, and it sounds a little strange, <laughs> but in the texture of my tongue, I noticed that there's sometimes little bumps on my tongues. And what I found with the zinc lozenges is, is it does seem to work according to what this paper suggested. And this is Hunter et al., published in 2021, and they looked at you know a large database, um, you know over 5,400 patients and found you know, significant value to it. So uh, I would recommend you consider that. Uh, I, I think that it's a low cost, relatively speaking, uh, way to either shorten or reduce your risk of, ha- of even getting a cold. And, and obviously that saps your productivity and saps your vitality. And so that's why it has made it into the Vitality Explorer News podcast for this week. The final thing we're gonna talk about um, on this edition of the Vitality Explorer News podcast is something complex but important. So you're gonna you're gonna learn a little biology here, and we're gonna talk about exercise and how it can alter your obesity risk via epigenetics. All right, so epigenetics is something that's really absolutely fascinating uh, to me. And I want to kind of go, go over yet again why exercise is a known vitality enhancer. And I think what this new data goes over is it really helps us understand why. And here's a couple, or here's one conclusion from a recently published study. Quote, an increase in physical activity is correlated with a decrease in metabolic measures such as BMI and waist circumference. Although this is expected, the current study provides direct molecular insights into how this correlation occurs. So it's kind of like, you know, Captain Obvious here. If you exercise, you're going to have a Lower BMI and, uh, and maybe a smaller waist circumference, but what this what this paper has shown is that it's not you know related directly to our genes, but to our how our genes are controlled. Because often we can blame our genes for having a tendency to gain weight or not be healthy. But this fascinating new study was done in identical twins, and I think it provides elite evidence suggesting lifestyle choices influence our risk for developing metabolic disorders. Um, you know, so it, it, I'm not saying that it doesn't always occur, but I think it's 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 data to suggest that we must accept some responsibility for our choices if we want to remain uh, as healthy as possible. And exercising more is a choice for almost everybody. Okay, so let's review a little bit of a little bit of biology, and I think uh, stick with me on this because we're going to get smarter. I want Vitality Explorers to be an area where. Uh, people can um, learn more, but also take, you know, take a little, little bit deeper dive into the biology. Cause I think if you understand the biology, it helps you potentially uh, create more action. All right. So our DNA is where our genes exist. This may be high school biology and people know this is fixed unless there's a mutation, but above and around sort of wrapping around our you know D- DNA helix, are molecules that control how these genes are expressed. So here's the, here's the, you know, sort of molecular biology 101. Expression is when genes use our cellular machinery to produce proteins. And proteins are the things that drive all of our bodily processes. Those are hormones, those are enzymes, those are all kinds of different things. So DNA codes for, for these, your cellular mach- machinery produces the proteins. But epigenetics Epa just means on top of. Epigenetics is the study of the molecules surrounding our DNA, and here's the kicker from from this paper: exercise can affect how these molecules surrounding our, our DNA function. And here's a, here's another quote from the paper from a different paper. Um, Quote, a growing body of evidence indicates that exercise training modulates DNA methylation in muscles and adipose tissue. So DNA methylation is just an extra piece, extra little molecule on top of the DNA. Uh, but there's some pretty cool graphics on the Vitality Explorer Substack site about how this happens and how it, imp- it impacts how your glucose and your insulin function in your muscle and in your adipose or fat tissue. Okay? And so this this study that I alluded to at the beginning of this section of the the podcast is called Epigenome Epigenome, excuse me, Epigenome Wide Association Study of Physical Activity and physiologic parameters in discordant monozygotic twins. Big words, big words. So the researchers evaluated monozygotic twins, and these are also known as identical twins. And the goal was to evaluate the environment and lifestyle choices. And the use of the identical twins is awesome because it allows for more specific evaluation of the environment because their genes are identical. So they looked at body mass index, Physical activity and walkability of the twins' neighborhood. So they're looking at a lot of different things. They weren't just looking at, you know, their BMI or their physical activity. They were also looking into whether or not the twin had an opportunity to walk around wherever they lived. They then swabbed their cheeks and evaluated those epigenetic proteins, so those little molecules on top of the DNA. And remember, these these are the ones that control your DNA. And they found some fascinating and different, fascinating and interesting differences. Um, and so th- these were done both in male and female. And then they looked again at the, the BMI walkability and physical activity, and they found that there were significant differences. And I think this is, you know, in, in, in the genes and the epigenes that are epigenome that was associated with these different types of, of uh, parameters in these twins. Okay. So here's the, here's, here are the conclusions from, this complex but important study, and I'm, I'm really digesting a very difficult study down to a short snippet here. You can look at the Vitality Explorer News Substack site if you want to read more about it. But here's, here's the quote: Com- quote: Combined observations demonstrate that behavioral factors, such as physical activity, appear to promote systemic. Epigenetic alternations that impact metabolic risk factors. The epigenetic DNA methylation sites and associated genes identified provide insight into how physical activity impacts metabolic parameters and the etiology of obesity. All right, so this is again very, very difficult to completely understand. But essentially what is being said is that your physical activity, your BMI, your, your, your environment that you're able or not able to walk around can change how your DNA functions. It doesn't change your DNA, but it changes your epigenome, which changes how the DNA functions. OK, so here's the vitality explorer analysis and recommendations. Lifestyle choices such as how, how much we exercise influence our metabolic disorder, our risk of developing our metabolic disorder, such as obesity. We must take responsibility and not always quote, blame our genes. Yes, we all have embedded risk factors in our genetic code for diabetes, heart disease, cancer, or other things. But this study shows that we are at least partially in control of how those risks manifest in our lives. And studying twins, which is really interesting, has, has always been fascinating in medicine. It helps us sort out the influence of genes versus personal choices. And I think this study provides elite evidence to suggest that we are at least partially in control of whether we develop a high BMI, waist circumference, or obesity. So I welcome commentary on this post. This is uh, new information, the the uh, paper as was entitled Physical Activity and DNA Methylation in Humans. And the other one was the Epigenome-Wide Association Study of Physical Activity and Physiologic Parameters in Discord and Monozygotic Twins. You can find all the details on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. Remember that the quote from Lao Chu, which is to say, quote, your own positive future begins in this moment. Your own positive future begins in this moment. I hope you will respect your future self. I hope you will take a zinc lozenger if if it's appropriate for you, if you think you're having a cold or to prevent it. And I hope you will remember that exercise reduces obesity via your epigenetics. Um, thank you again for listening to the Vitality Explorer News podcast. Please share this with your friends, your family, your co-workers, your neighbors. Uh, our goal again is to en- enhance global vitality one person at a time. You can sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for a text message reminder about this on Mondays or become a su- subscriber to the vitalityexplorernews.substack.com. Excuse me, it's vitalityexplorers.substack.com site uh, and receive it via email. We're again, trying to, to reach everybody wherever they are with scientific information about how to live your most vital life. Thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful week. And until next time, dare to be vital.